0: Welcome to Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, a wife, mom, and board certified OB-GYN. This is a place to educate, empower, and inspire. Join us each week as we share the power of women's stories. Real women, real stories, real inspiration. Put on your stretchy pants, let's get going. Welcome Sky Women. Welcome back to another episode. I am so delighted that you're here with us today. We are switching gears and talking about the fourth trimester, that postpartum period. And we have with us today, Dr. Moore, Dr. Lindsay Moore. She is a pediatrician and internal medicine physician specializing in postpartum and lactation care. She is a mom of two who suffered a difficult postpartum period and has really spent the last decade kind of becoming that physician that she desperately needed during her own postpartum period. And she's on a mission now to help transform the fourth trimester care. And we all know that anyone who has become a mother knows how challenging that fourth trimester is and knows how you feel like you've just been dropped off <laughs> with a baby <laughs> and a lot of bleeding and discomfort, right? <laughs> Welcome, Dr. Moore.
1: We just sort of like drop you off a cliff. <laughs> you really, goodbye. Bye. Exactly. That's yeah, exactly. I know. You kind of feel like, wait, wait, am I qualified to go home with this baby? What? <laughs> I love when I talked to patients, one of just this week, another one looked at me and she's like, I don't understand. Everyone tells you how wonderful babies are and they don't tell you about how awful it is. And you don't have any, like you, if you don't have support and it's not set up for you until the baby's here and you're in the midst of it. And then suddenly all the people who told you how great it was are like, oh yeah. It's of course, really it's like hard. this, and she's like, "You didn't tell me. Uh-huh. Why didn't you tell me until I was in it?" And I'm like, "I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> I know. Why aren't we talking oh. about this? Right? There's yes. so many aspects to the female journey that I think are really challenging, and we do find ourselves kind of suffering and thinking that everybody else has it figured out, and we're the only ones who are just like wallowing in yeah. the hot mess express. Uh-huh. And the truth is." Not at all. You're not at all alone. I don't know.
1: A, I don't know a single, in all of my contacts and classmates and colleagues, I don't know any pediatrician, family med doctor, OBGYN, or other physician who swam right through all of this and thought, I've got it. Most of us either yeah. we got lucky and it wasn't terrible, but it was still hard. Yeah. And some of us got completely like, like, like tackled and taken down by the fact <laughs> yeah. that. I just assumed that because they taught us at least a little about all the problems yeah. and a decent amount about all the organ system issues, that if there was a lot to know, they would have taught us something, something. And yeah. then I had my child and I went, this, what this can occur. And I still have <laughs> sometimes the colleagues who, you know, I haven't talked to in a while every now and then someone will still say to me, like another doctor, even a pediatrician will say, wait, I'm sorry, you're a breastfeeding medicine physician. And I'm like, Yeah. It's a thing. We're working on a board exam. We are a field. Um, Four of you, yes. Wait, there's enough to take a board exam? Yes, there's like textbooks on a shelf there. Yeah, and and they're just shocked. Yeah, it's changing. I don't get that as much anymore. But yeah, it's um, it's the forgotten. I mean, women. We're the forgotten. You know, anything that's just us just isn't as well covered.
0: Right, right. I mean, I was just fighting with the pharmacy today over trying to prescribe testosterone for a woman in <laughs> perimenopause, postmenopause period. I'm like women also have testosterone? What? So frustrating. So frustrating. Exactly. Yes. It's or how you just, just sp- the male hormone. Ooh, wow. No, I know. Okay. So you had a difficult postpartum period that kind of led you on this passion. Kind of walk us through those sure. some of the highlights of those challenges. So the most
1: obvious part to me was that at first was that labor was pretty hard. I certainly came out of it safe and okay, but it was very long labor vacuum at the end, a lovely, nice tear. And, you know, just a lot of pain from that and all the deep stitches.
0: And then you're just cleared right. at six weeks. Go have sex. I, yeah, exactly. Happy.
1: Right. Yeah. No, that, that was a lot longer. I was like, you stay away from me. Nope. <laughs> I didn't happen in ever again. Well, maybe not for a <laughs> long time. No, given that they don't tell you that first degree tears are only graded on the outside doesn't discuss how far inside it goes. I was mm-hmm. like, why am I in so much pain? All those did. Oh, elbow yeah. first baby. Those aren't. Yeah. So I had just a really hard labor to me at least. And then a sort of delayed like initial, but then delayed hemorrhage. So it didn't get diagnosed how bad it was until after, because even in the hospital, the nursing staff would be like, oh yeah, huge blood clots. Okay. And I'm like, How many times is that okay? Just a lot of feeling, even in the very beginning, that even though I was at a great facility that I had trained at, there was a lot of sort of dismissiveness of pain and bleeding and any symptoms that the mom was having. Words like, well, even a C section mom is already up and walking. I'm like, it's been seven hours. There's just a lot of this, like, as soon as the baby's out of you the attitude changes even amongst those who are doing a good job caring for you. So that was really just, I wasn't even aware of what was happening because I was so exhausted. Then you're sent home in Mm -hmm. my case at like, you know, 2 AM when we hit 48 hours, because why not send a new mom out in a snowstorm with ice on the road, but ensure they were like, nope, gotta go. And I said, okay, (laughs) you know, just a lot thrown at you all at once when you're exhausted, not sure what's going on. I was exhausted of course I ended up not needing a blood transfusion luckily but absolutely exhausted from the postpartum hemorrhaging and I did what I really didn't see coming and what hit me at the time was how terrible lactation was for me so I tend to use the word lactastrophe and okay. <laughs> It's not my word. Dr. Stuby at UNC made that up and it's, it's, it's truly true. It was awful. And just almost everything possible that went wrong, went wrong, pain, bleeding, you know, baby with torticollis, all of these things. And I, I didn't realize at the time I definitely had postpartum depression or anxiety or both that mm-hmm. was never diagnosed until years later. I see it now. So all of that was going together and yeah. I sought out so much care. I would go to the lactation support groups and I would try to get help. And I had a lot of people caring about me and having like maybe some decent tips, but nobody was suggesting anything that would like tie it all together in a diagnosis, explain what was happening to me and what we could do other than one or two very like standard sort of answers. Yeah. There were no breastfeeding medicine doctors in my city. There weren't very many back then. And so I went back postpartum, used all the things I learned that didn't help me because mm-hmm. eventually I got through it. And I started helping other moms and realized there's something pretty addictive. Like when you, when you're able to help a mom latch and she comes yeah. into bleeding nipples like this, and she's like, I don't want to nurse yeah. I'll help you latch if you want. And then if you see there, they just lean back. It's such a, it's such an oxytocin surge for you too. <laughs> doctor. It's, yeah. it's almost like, like draining an abscess, right? It's immediate gratification. Yeah. No one hugs you after you drain their abscess. Like, <laughs> so I started realizing how many of my patients I'd never been asking these questions. Cause I didn't know to, yeah. I look back at my notes and I'm a little ashamed at how little mm-hmm. I picked up on. Mm-hmm. And I started learning over the years more and more. And then I started finding out there were other doctors who do this and mentoring under them and basically cobbled together my own fellowship really over years and built a breastfeeding medicine clinic at my old job where I worked with, um, a largely Medicaid covered population, got a grant Mm -hmm. to do work on breastfeeding systems of care. Then realized I got pretty burned out of the regular system. And so three years ago left to open my own thing, basically.
0: Nice. Nice. Uh, That autonomy is good for you and your longevity of care patients. So that's amazing.
1: I have found that I was really, really didn't like leaving the underserved care because they, there's such inequity and they needed my help and I was doing such work. But what I've loved since leaving is over the last several years, I've realized so many physician mothers in my state and local to me have found me. And either for their first or like they had a terrible time last time and I was able to help this time. I've helped a lot of them Mm -hmm. and they then oftentimes go on to become way better at breastfeeding care like I did. So I love the trickle effect that I'm able to like start seeing these ripples that Mm -hmm. I can't reach that many patients on my own. Yeah. I can reach it through them. So that's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things, I think.
0: Yeah, that is amazing. So your mission is to really transform this fourth trimester care. Tell everyone there is a new movement for fourth trimester care and there's a great resource. What is the name of that website? Yeah. So center for
1: fourth trimester care, I believe it's c4tc.com. That is, I am not on the board. I didn't have time to sort of like add another thing on, but we have a whole group of physicians who are really interested in changing lactation, postpartum, fourth trimester care. And if come in the last couple of years, they started banding together, sort of mm-hmm. saying, this is a thing and mm-hmm. we're going to do it. And it's not just going to be scattered people here and there and really started encouraging each other, getting the movement going. And then they founded the C4TC so that we can start pulling resources together which is awesome. It's in the early stages still but they're accomplishing great things. So right right love
0: that. right.
1: Changing changing fourth tricare. I tend to tell people I my goal my my whole purpose of my job now is I want to do advocacy and all that but I want to take people who are expecting or new parents who are overwhelmed, worried, not sure where to turn and I want to guide them so that they're thriving and confident in this yeah. time. I can't yeah. make you not bleed and I can't make it not be hard because secret, I haven't written the blog article yet, but I say it a lot to patients. I'm like, newborns suck. Like they're <laughs> wonderful. I love them. Yes. They're the best, worst, most beautiful, awful thing you'll ever do. Like, yes, that's what they are. Yes. And you need to have help learning where to navigate that, when to know you need help. Yeah. Yeah. How to be confident that you can learn to listen to your baby and know what your family needs. It's a
0: huge shift. Huge. It really is. It really a is. Lifelong,
1: lifelong enormous shift. Absolutely. Yes. Basically.
0: Yeah. You alluded to this earlier when we were chatting just about what you know, once postpartum, always postpartum. Mm-hmm. In many aspects, right? In the family oh, dynamic, sure. social, in your work yeah. environment, like, but also health-wise if you have gestational diabetes, if you have hypertension in pregnancy preeclampsia, you know, these are things that can present later in life, especially as we start approaching perimenopause and menopause. So let's chat about that a little bit.
1: For sure. Yeah. Once, once you're postpartum, you are forever postpartum, postpartum forever in my book. Yes. You're in a different stage of it, but you don't just, bounce back. I mean, I don't really want to go back to who I was. Maybe Mm -hmm. it would be nice to fit into my old jeans sometimes, but other than that, and most of the time I don't even, I don't worry about it as much as I ever thought I would because my my seven-year-old daughter, when she comes and says, oh, fluffy belly. And I say, what? She goes, I love your fluffy belly. That Mm -hmm. belly had me and it grew me and I, it's my pillow. And I want a belly like you when I'm a grown up." And I'm like, (laughs) all right, (laughs) body positivity. We're going to practice what we preach until we believe it. And it it changes everything. And exactly. When you have health conditions during pregnancy, like gestational diabetes, that forever increases your risk of developing full-on diabetes. Mm -hmm. Lactation for longer periods of time decreases that risk. So you have these interesting, Mm -hmm. like all of these factors that play against each other. And Not everybody gets recognized later on, especially because you don't have to be overweight to get gestational diabetes, as you know, right. Some of the absolute healthiest, most fit, skinniest people I know, because it's all about hormonal response. They ended up with gestational diabetes. It's really easy for those patients when they get in today's world, we often get kicked from doctor to doctor over time. If someone doesn't really hone in on that, that can get missed that you need to be really careful following them up. So those things follow you just like your children do forever. Yeah. It's not until they leave the house. It's until like you, you worry about them until you die. That's yeah. it. That's all yeah. there is to it forever thing. Yeah. And True story. Rapidly at first, <laughs> right? Like postpartum, everything in your body changes rapidly. Yeah. The first year and a half of a baby, things change at such a rapid pace. Every time you think you know them and their routine or how they act. Yes it out the window tonight or tomorrow it's gone. Yeah. And they've changed their preference. They changed just their favorite reeling. food. <laughs> right. It's a constant just like reeling. And so you you forget yeah. to take care of you. Right. And then so often and the and the medical community completely forgets about you. I mean mm-hmm. and I know a lot of OBGYNs who want to do better care in that area, but let's yeah. be real, you're not paid for that. No, you the system paid, does not exactly what is it the wraparound fees? You get paid less the more you see someone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, if yeah. you add good postpartum care, you are not yeah. able to get our patients in, and the system isn't going to let you do that. Yeah. so there's no incentive. And even if you do, it's what a ten minute visit. I can spend two hours with someone, and mm-hmm. I often do, and there's so yeah. much to handle and talk about. yeah, so no insurance company, no hospital system is ever going to pay you as a doctor to do what I do. Privately.
0: They won't. It's unfortunate. No, it's so true. I, I mean, and this is kind of my soapbox. Let me just pull it out here.
1: Feel free. I have <laughs> haven't noticed. Like I've got a lot of my own.
0: <laughs> I mean, it, it just drives me insane that if you sign up with insurance, they basically are are saying you're setting your worth. Right. yeah, But absolutely. I cannot operate in that system right. and provide the quality concierge care that women deserve. Yeah,
1: it's not that, that, that only, that's what I find. I used to, I, at the end of my regular clinic time, my, in the regular system, I found myself sometimes being so exhausted with all the patients. I'd be like, oh, that patient wants extra from me. And then one day I stopped and went, wait a second. When did I start to believe that getting 25 minutes with me was extra? and demanding. Yes,
0: you know, yeah. They're
1: getting what every patient deserves and what I went into this to do. Right. right my entire right. reason. Was, yeah. When did I get switched to this? Like, no, um, the system want starts to brainwash you. It really does. <laughs> I, um, I want for, and I think that we can slowly turn things around, but I wasn't going to be able to change the system where I was fast right. enough for my mental health. And right. so I was like, all right, I do truly believe that if we if we really keep hammering and, and getting people to understand how important this is and demanding that it's, that it's necessary mm-hmm. and that it's worth a lot. I think that as we get that more mainstream, then eventually we will start seeing some, some trickling down because other people will start to demand it as well. That Why yeah. aren't we here? We have questions. There will be tension with that, but I do think that blazing our own trails lets yeah. us have, chance to do the advocacy and be outspoken in ways I can't if I'm gagged by a system that doesn't want me to say certain things. And so we can really make some noise and try to move that forward. It is possible in those systems. I built a breastfeeding clinic where I was, and we were going to take it further. And then I just, I just couldn't stay. It can be done. It's just, you have to get creative and outside the box and it's hard to develop that idea. Right. So I left the box I'm trying everybody along. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: So give our listeners some of your best tips. I know you have some free resources for those who aren't in the Indianapolis area who can't see you in person. So give us um, some of your best tips and let us know where uh, we can find you.
1: Sure. So you can find me at my website at lindsaymoremd.com. I'm sure you'll have that like in the notes or something where people can yes. find it. I am on Instagram and Facebook. It's very simple, Lindsay Moore underscore MD on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Facebook is currently at Indie Postpartum Doc until I can figure out how to let, how Facebook will let me actually change the name to Lindsay Moore MD because it's being, you know, technology. Mm-hmm. and
0: you know,
1: <laughs> We're you working know. on it. But through my website, there is, in the resources tab, there's a link where you can get signed up to get a free 30 minute video class with a lot of my favorite top tips for breastfeeding. It can be done in, and it can be added to a typical breastfeeding class because it's oftentimes the people who see me have done a class or two. And then they're the the most common thing I hear is why didn't anyone tell me this tip two weeks ago or two months ago? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) That's why I'm making this because. I find that so many breastfeeding and postpartum problems are predictable. They're common. They happen at predictable times. It's predictable challenges. We can, we can say this will be you mm-hmm. let's plan for it instead of letting it smack you in the face and having you be unable to find help. Cause you can't think straight postpartum because you're exhausted. Right. Let's predict it. Let's prevent it. If it's easy enough to prevent and let's yeah. give you the signs to watch for to insist on more care if it needs to be fixed quickly. So mm-hmm. that's why I really want to get education out to everyone. I'm not the only person out there who can teach you how to breastfeed and that's okay. I may not be the right personality and that's okay too, but I am the right person for some. If you want someone who's mm-hmm. going to tell us straight, you know, yeah, unvarnished truth, I can hold space like the best of them, but I can also, right. no, that's yeah. not what like, no. And so, yeah. whatever, I'm going to have fun while we teach a lot of concepts. And I don't want parents to necessarily remember everything I say. But if you've heard it and you have a framework and you know how to easily find it again, mm-hmm. then when someone says something that triggers, like, wait a minute, what do yeah. you mean I should soak my nipples in salt water? Dr. Moore said something about this not being okay bad idea but common advice from non non physicians especially and so just just not knowing that basic wound care you know and so we're we're getting there so my first thing i have is the free video course i am going in the next month or two going to be launching my first purchased course for lactation and then we will be adding more and more classes for Tips for postpartum, certain ages, past postpartum, you know, weaning, basically just really breaking it down where people will be able to buy one class, a package of classes. And the dream is that hopefully by next year, we'll have a sort of a virtual community of support where they can be a member. And it's not medical care, but you can get a lot of this general advice. Mm -hmm. And then my members, if they need help that I can't give them because I'm not in their state... I can help them find someone who I know is a good, adequate person who can help them quickly because we're spread out. Those of us who do this, but we know each other. So I can navigate it. I've had someone from California recently reach out because they saw one of my blog articles on and then she's like, can I see you? And I was like, I can't do that, but I know who you can see. I already texted her. She's expecting your call tomorrow morning and, you know, sort of
0: smooth out. Right, right, right. You know so y- yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just having that network and knowing who to reach out to. So for our listeners in Texas, um, Dr. Andrea Wadley is in our area. Oh, she's fabulous. Yeah, she's fabulous. And she's been on the podcast in the past and kind of talked about what she's doing. So that's a r- local resource if yeah. you needed somebody in person as an in-person option. And then another great resource you're probably familiar with, she goes by Dr. Megan. I'm blanking on her last name right now, but she has a book, The forgotten. forgotten Trimester. Yeah, um, I have it on my shelf back there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a yeah. great, Super easy I think, read. Right? Is that her last name? Hipper, Piper? Piper. I'm terrible at names, but I have a <laughs> book. Us. Megan, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> so, um, so it's, the book her, is her, the, forgotten, trimester. the yes. forgotten
0: Trimester. And it's phenomenal. Yep. It's an easy read. Like on an airplane ride or why baby's taking yes. a nap. like It's an easy read um, to answer a lot of those questions that you have in that uh, fourth trimester. If you're just Such feeling nice, lost.
1: Practical when to call someone what to know yeah. without all the hundreds of pages. I love it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Because I mean, let's face it. We just need
1: your the brain, facts, ma'am. <laughs> your can. brain to not when you are that sleep deprived. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You don't need a textbook. So Fabulous! I love highlighting these resources. I love your energy. Thank you for what you're doing. This is amazing. And everyone, okay. sh- tell us how you spell Lindsay because I was looking it up L Y N and it's not. Yeah. So
1: it's it's the old old like 1981 when I was born, <laughs> common way when there was only an E or an A and everything else was the same. So it's yeah. lindsaymoorem
0: dot com. Perfect. Perfect. So uh, go look up that resource. If you, you have either been a mom or you've got somebody in your life, who's a new mom who could really use these resources. So um, do me a favor and subscribe, like, and share this show so that this episode can help others. Thank you, Dr. Moore, for joining us today. Thank you for having
1: me. Have a great day
0: until next week. Be well.